Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing Chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Contemplation and Meditation. So, so far, we have learned in Bhagavad Gita that we consider ourselves to be conscious beings. We are all conscious of ourselves and the world outside. So we consider ourselves as conscious beings and we consider that this body, mind and intellect are making me conscious. So we consider ourselves conscious because we are conscious of things and beings outside. So in my waking world I consider I am conscious because I am conscious of the world around me. I am also conscious about my body, my mind, my intellect. So I am a conscious being. When I'm in, in dream state, I also consider myself conscious because I'm very aware of I in the dream, in my world in the dream. I'm very conscious of the world of my dream. Therefore, sometimes I wake up, I'm, I still remember what I was conscious of in my dream. But I don't know whether I'm conscious or not in my deep sleep. That's a mystery to me, whether I was conscious or unconscious. In other words, my definition of my consciousness is actually defined by what I'm conscious of. And that's what I consider my consciousness. Bhagwan said in chapter 2 that no, that which makes you conscious of the things is something different than the things. And this body, mind, intellect also falling in that category of things because I'm aware of them, I'm conscious of them. If I'm conscious of them, that's not me. That which makes me conscious of this thing is me, is myself. It is my true self, true identity. And Bhagavan said, that's what you should find. And once you find that that makes me conscious of my world, is the same consciousness which makes him conscious of his world and also her conscious of her world. So this consciousness of different worlds make us different individual being. My world is different than yours, yours is different than hers, and hers is different than I am. Therefore we consider ourselves to be individuals, but when we go at the core of what makes us conscious of things, that consciousness Bhagavan said is just one. That one entity called Supreme Consciousness is making all of us aware of all of our beings. And Bhagavan said, that consciousness is what you should know. So up till now I focused on what I'm conscious of, now to conscious of what I'm through, what I'm conscious of the world of things and beings. And that journey can be accomplished by two means. One is Tyaga. And therefore Bhagavan has given us the path of Karma Yoga, Karma Falat Tyaga. Because all my interactions create results and I build anticipation. Even the world which I see outside is the best projection of my mind. I see what I want to see in this world. So that expectation creates my world. And Bhagavan said, if you give up that expectation, karma falat 
then you will be able to see the source of your consciousness. And the second technique Bhagavan has given is renunciation, sannyasa, giving up the sense of agency that I am conscious of this world. That I which I associate is not with the consciousness, but I associate it with the instrument of my consciousness, my body, my mind and intellect. Bhagavan said, if you give up that sense of agency, the doership, that ego which is identifying with this body, mind and intellect and their actions, you will be able to know the source of your consciousness. So those are the two techniques we have learned. And then we have come to this chapter called Dhyana Yoga. So it is now basically turning the gaze inward. I can only do that if I don't look at the world outside. I can't look at in front of me and also at the back of me. I have to focus in one direction to see what's happening. In the same way, if I want to see what's inside me, I have to give up my gaze outside. So that dhyana is to turn your gaze inward, yoga of contemplation. Contemplating on that make me conscious of my body, my mind, my intellect in the world around me. Which technique is appropriate for me? He said, if you are desirous to become a yogi, if you want to establish yourself in that yoga, the balance of mind which will allow you to see what is right and wrong, then karma karana muchyate. Then karma is the means. Because by karma, I can have that opportunity to karma faladhyaga. If I am not performing any actions, there is nothing to be given up. If I am not performing any karma, there is no karma phala, there is nothing to give up. So therefore, I should perform karmas which will give an opportunity to give up karma phala. To do that, Bhagavan said you should do selfless actions. Work in the world for the greater good and not for your own good. In other words, your goal is not to acquire things but to acquire the purification of your internal instrument. For those who are striving to achieve that purity, for them karma is the means. But once I've achieved that purity, that control over my sense that I have no expectation in the world, then Bhagavan says, For him, inactivity, samaha, quiescence is the means. Now I have nothing to achieve and no expectation, there should not be any activity. Now I just have to contemplate on who I am. What is that which enables me to be conscious of the world around me, including the equipment that I have? I'm alive because I have a body, I have a mind and my intellect and over the world outside. But once it is conscious, is not the product of your body, mind, intellect. Your body, mind, intellect are just the transmitters like a radio transmitter. It is not generating any sound, it is just transmitting the sound waves which are in the room. Consciousness is outside of your body, mind and intellect. So Bhagavan said, for those who are established in that yoga, yoga of no expectations and a balanced mind, for him inactivity. And then Bhagavan has continued and said, once you understand this, let yourself become your friend. That self in you, 
that consciousness that is guiding you is always present in you as your inner voice, the inner self. We have various level of consciousness or identity. I have a body consciousness. I am aware of where my body is. That body consciousness places my body in this space and time. It identifies where I am in this space-time continuum. Here I am, I'm not there. The body consciousness. Then our social consciousness, which basically defines who I am in the society. That is my perception of how people are seeing me. It is not that that's how the society is seeing me. My social consciousness is defined by my own perception of how people are seeing me. Then my inner consciousness, which defines who I am. Am I happy? Am I unhappy? Aware of that state of my being. And then there's outer consciousness, which I outwardly project myself, which may be in conflict with my inner consciousness. So one said, once you let that inner self, that conscience which is watching me of my every act, this working me is washed by my inner self, my inner conscience. If I make that inner conscience my friend, it will help raise this outer consciousness from this world of sorrows and unhappiness, of limitations and disappointments. And if I don't make that inner voice my friend, it will become my enemy. In other words, as the outer animal hurt me by their actions, the inner voice will hurt me by not guiding me. It will stop guiding me because I'm not listening to it. But once say, raise yourself by yourself. Let that inner voice raise your outer self from these disappointments and sorrow. And then Bhagavan has continued saying, Jitatmanaha prasantasya paramatma samahitaha. But one who has conquered the self, conquered the lower self, and surrendered to the higher self, that watching me is now in control of the working me. And guiding this working me in this world, what to do and what not to do. That jita atmana, prasantasya, when there is a synchronization between my inner conscience and my outer behavior, then there is serenity in my mind. Prasantasya, paramatma samahitaha, paramatma becomes manifest. My atma is paramatma, but right now it is not manifest, it is not giving me any guidance because I am not aware of it. I am not allowing my inner conscience to guide me. But once I let my inner conscience guide me, that Paramatma becomes manifest, that Supreme Self. Up to now, I considered my consciousness is different than others. Now that I have realized that my consciousness is that Supreme Self, the Supreme Self becomes manifest through me. Paramatma samahita sita ushna sukha dukkhesu tatha mana apamana yoho. These are the states of my equipment. My equipment is going through the experiences of sita and ushna. My physical body is exposed to the conditions outside which will create an experience of either cold or heat. 
my mind is exposed to the experiences, interactions with the world outside, which is going to create sukha or dukkha, conducive experience, unconducive experience. Or a mana apamana. At my intellect level, I'll feel that I'm honored or I'm dishonored by people. All these are experiences in my physical body, my mind, in my intellect. Where the Paramatma is manifested in me, these are not my experiences anymore. I'll watch them just like I was watching my working me. Then I will see that my body is going through these experiences, my mind is going through these experiences, my intellect is going through the experiences, but that is something other than me. Gnana Vignana Trupta Atma Kutastaha Vijita Indriyaha Yuktaha Iti Uchyate Yogi Sama Loshta Ashma Kanchana we think that this is something which I have to practice. That I have to practice equanimity. Even though I like something, I'm on Ekadasi fast today. I actually would like to have nice lunch and dinner, but I'm doing Ekadasi. It's like a forced action against the wishes of my mind and my intellect. But it's a Gnana Vignana Trupta Atma. The Atma the inner self, inner equipment, which is trupta, is satiated. So I have to do ekadasi worse and I'm completely satiated. I will not think about food at all. But I'm hungry, but I'm on a fast. I'm not trupta. I'm going to think about what kind of farad I can have. No, falahar, but farad in Gujarati. Because mind is not satisfied, it's going to think about the objects of its desire. So even right now, I want to know. The mind wants to know. You know, the inquirer had this tagline, inquiring mind wants to know. Our mind is an inquiring mind. It always wants to know. It's constantly driving me to know the world outside because it's not satisfied with the knowledge which I have. Well, I also want to learn Bhagavad Gita. I'll do Upanishad, then Brahma Sutra, and then continue. There's a library of scriptures. You will never be able to satisfy your curiosity. Gnana Vignana Trupta Atma, that Atma, that Self, the mind which is satisfied, satiated by the knowledge, that knowledge which makes me feel full. I don't need any other knowledge anymore. I know what I need to know. Vignana and its application. I know the knowledge and I know how to live with this knowledge. Such a person, kutastha, is established in that knowledge. This is the knowledge of myself. This is the knowledge of what makes me conscious of the world around me. Established in that, he's satiated. He doesn't need to know anything anymore. Kutastha is established in that knowledge as an anvil. Kuta is anvil. Anvil in a blacksmith's workshop. Is steady, but all the other hot iron gets shaped on it. So the metaphor used here, that knowledge which acts as the basis of my being, when I'm establishing that, vijita indriyaha, because of that I have control over my organs. I don't consider the organs as me anymore. I don't consider the demands of my body are my demands. I don't consider demands of mind are my demands. And therefore, I have control over the sense organs. It doesn't mean the senses are not working. 
they are doing their jobs my body is doing its own job mind is doing its own intellect doing its own but i have control over all of them yukta iti uchyate such a person is called yogi we have seen many definitions before one who is tyagi one sanyasi bhagwan said one who is satisfied with the knowledge is yogi samalost asmakanchanaha so he sees iron and the earth and gold as same it is not that he is forcing himself to see equanimity in them he does not give a different powers to different things to affect him so right now i may not get affected by small things if i lose a penny from my pocket it won't affect me if i drop a dollar even still if i lose 1000 dollars it may affect me so i have given different powers to different things how those things can affect me in hindi movies there is always a dialogue when the hero is a police inspector and he is a very honest police inspector and the guy goes to the gangster and says nay saab he is a very honest officer and the gangster will say we find out what's his price there has to be something which will break his integrity because he has given power to the entity to affect him so we all have those kanchana something which i consider very highly that will affect me something i don't consider very highly it won't affect as much sama lost asma kanchana is actually the world of presented by the things and beings around me now given them various importance for them to affect me something which i like will affect me tremendously something i don't like will not affect me if i lose it yogi when he sees that well they all have the exact same value in the world outside it is something other than my own self including this body mind and intellect so when he sees that he sees the world with a one single attitude that everything has its own utility and that's what it is for but it has no effect on my own self so gnana vignana truptatma one who is satisfied with his knowledge one is satiated by the knowledge the knowledge of his own self such a person yukta yogi sruhan mitraha ari udasin madhyastha dveshya bandhusu sadhusu api cha papesu samabuddhi visishyate here is enumeration of the type of people i encounter in my world sruhan benefactor somebody who is good hearted person mitra friend ari enemy udasin indifferent he is neither a friend nor an enemy madhyastha arbiter one who can deal with both sides one who can deal with my friends also and my enemies also and me also and, and mediate dveshya my enemy who hates me bandhusho in my brothers my relatives and even sadhusu chapi papesho good people and also bad people righteous and righteous samabuddhi visheshyate samabuddhi does not mean that he does not get affected with this relationship but he does not give any different values to this relationship he knows this is the nature of this world as long as i am in this world i'll encounter this types of people he does not let that affect his own inner balance he is samatvam 
is balance of his mind. Sama buddhi vishesha, such a person excels. One who sees all of them with equal eye, that they are playing their roles. I as the director see every character in the drama is equally. I as I direct, I want to make sure that each part is playing correctly. One is not more important, other is not less important. For the drama to be successful, all characters are necessary. Yogi yunjit satatam atmanam rahasisthitaha ekaki yatachittatma nirasihi parigraha. This is actually an advice by Bhagavan. Once even if you think that you have achieved the state of being yuktaha, yogi, you still have to continue what we call as a continuing education in our profession. Once I've established I'm a professional, it doesn't stop there. I have to continue to practice my art. And therefore he said, Yogi should yunjit satatam atmanam rahasisthitaha. He should be established in himself and live in solitude. Ekaki, without having too many relationships with this world around me. Yatachitta atma, with controlling the mind and the body. That I consider me should be controlled. Nirasihi aparigraha. Nirasi, no expectations. You have learnt about living expectations and renouncing egoism. No expectations and no possession. This is not the physical state of well, it is the, my mental state that I remain in solitude even though the world around me is constantly moving. Samsarati, the sansar is constantly going. I'm coming across all these types of people. I have all this relationship, but I remain in solitude, aligned with my inner self. No expectations from the world outside, and I don't consider anything to be mine. Swami Chinmananda was the head of the mission, which has the properties all over the world. He never considered anything of his own, because he couldn't write a will and say, now give this to my nephew. Same if I consider ourselves to be just trustees in this world of what we gain and what we achieve. Then we become nirasi aparigraha, satatam atmanam rahasisthitaha, living in solitude, always aligned with my own self. We'll stop right here. If you find this podcast helpful, please support it by donating any amount by going to the episode's website at neilbutt.podbean.com or at chinmayarichmond.org. Thank you. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbave Om Shantihi 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 Harihiyo Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Hiyo